if you have categories where everybody's on the same level, then nobody can be upset and say, I have an unfair advantage or they have an unfair mm-hmm. advantage because if it's transgender women that are uh, running track or weightlifting or swimming, then they're all, if they're trans- transitioning from being men to women, they're all going to be man strong. Hello, my name is Lynette Caldwell, and I am your host and creator of Her Real Life, the podcast about her, you, and me. The sounds you will experience are collections of my unfiltered thoughts, conversations, and views from people I've encountered, or other cool people will all want to know a little bit better. This is basically my way of showing how we as women live very similar lives and have very similar experiences. We just live those lives in different hoods and on different streets. What you are about to hear is Her Real Life. Today, I am so excited about my guest. Um, Our connection is, we have a connection in a couple ways. It is through Gardner-Webb University because her husband played at Gardner-Webb when I was there as an athlete. So we're like um, Gardner-Webb family, whoop, whoop. And then we are connected through fitness. Um, um, my, My guest was uh, she's part of the Grit Grind Muscle Group. Um, we've done Bible studies together. She is an amazing person, a beautiful heart, beautiful soul, beautiful, beautiful lady. Like she's a mother, she's a wife, she is a first lady, um, and she's young. So I'm excited to present to some, introduce to others, um, my guest for today, Miss Janae Childs. How are you doing today, ma'am? I am fabulous. Thank you for uh, inviting me to join you today. I'm excited. Yes. So tell everybody a little bit more. I gave like just this little run through of who you are and you have so many, so many dimensions. You're an entrepreneur. Like, like, let us know who Janae Childs is. I wish I could sum it up in one word, but it's very challenging. But um, I definitely would say that First off, I'm a child of God. I love Jesus. I really take that as a standpoint of who I am. I base everything around that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a wife. My husband and I have been married for eight years. I'm a mother of two, a six-year-old and three-year-old who keep my hands and my feet moving constantly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like you said, I am a first lady of the Life Center in Abbeville, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. That is an awesome assignment that we do through ministry, my husband and I. And we also do a lot of other things. So I am an author. I have written two books. I co-authored with on one of them. And I'm currently writing my next book that I will have released this year. I'm super excited about that. Okay. Um, it relates around fitness and spirituality, you know, our faith and how our physical man and our spiritual man go hand in hand. And with fitness, there's so many dynamics to it. It's not just the way our body looks, but mm-hmm. it's also how our body feels. It's how our emotions feel while we're exerting this energy it's just so many dynamics of fitness that i don't think it's recognized yeah i also am a teacher i am a montessorian i love montessori education my children were raised in it i've been a part of it for nine years and i am constantly trying to better my craft and understand how to meet the needs of children but in essence meet the needs of people I think that's really what 
led me to Montessori is just understanding how people function and how they think and why they think the way they think as an adult. And it's caused me to reflect on my own self and what I learned as a child and how it changed the dynamics of who I am today. So there is a lot of different things that I can share, but my, my biggest thing is I'm just an encourager. I'm always excited to see people, you know, excited and going towards their dreams and not staying complacent in, in a certain area. So I'm definitely an encourager and that's what I strive to always remember and to operate out of love. So tell me more about Montessori. Like, I think I know what it means, but I may not. So explain to me and whoever else may be listening that might not know exactly what um, a Montessorian is or to be taught um, under the Montessori, um, what is it called? Under the Montessori curriculum. Is that is that right? right. Is that a curriculum? You can say curriculum, the method. Method, okay. Education, you can say a lot of different things. Maria Montessori was the founder of what we call Montessori education. It it wasn't just about the education piece that we know about, you know, letters and numbers and all this, but Maria Montessori wanted to help children or help people understand what children need in order to be successful. Mm -hmm. And when she started with children, she started with what quote unquote, she called ignorant children. Or or um, ignorant children or idiot children. I think that's what the word terminology I was looking for. Okay. And so it, it, it was it was these children who people didn't think that they would do well in life because they had mental issues or physical elements or whatever. So she began seeing that children operated better when given things like boxes or things to manipulate. And so she created different works and observed. Montessori education is really about observing what the child needs. Mm -hmm. And so giving less things to overstimulate their mind is to give them specific things that will draw them in or what she calls seduce. Mm -hmm. And so in Montessori education, we have a whole, we have all these different works and, and pieces where people would normally call them toys. We call them works because they have a bigger dynamic versus just making noise. Mm-hmm. These, these works are able to give the children, the children are able to go to these works and say, this is what I'm choosing to do. And I'm going to manipulate it because in my manipulation, I'm learning something. I'm able to get something that somebody can't just tell me, but there's something that I'm ingesting myself. So it's almost like Montessori education is like self-discovery. Instead of me giving the child the answer to the problem, I'm able to give them the ability to explore, to find the problem and the answer to the problem themselves. And I think even in life, we get in a situation where we're constantly telling people how to do this, telling people how to do that. And not allowing them the room to understand how to get there themselves to their best ability. And Montessori is a lot different than, you know, traditional school because, you know, I went to public school Mm -hmm. and we were taught to do things this specific way. And if you didn't do it this specific way, then you're going to get it marked wrong. Mm -hmm. And Montessori education is not that. It's, It's saying, I'm going to show you how to do this work. But if you find a way that works better for you. And you're still able to come out with an outcome that is correct. 
go for it. And I think it gives children that freedom to know that there's something different about me. And in my difference, there's still a right answer if you give me time to process through it. So um, it's about peace education. Like I said, it's not just about the work. It's about peace, being able to um, work with other people, different cultures, different races, different belief systems. Like it's about building um, family in a sense or just having that peace to know that I can work through conflict in a better way than just arguing. I don't have to argue. I don't have to hit in order to get my way. I can actually have a conversation with you and say, this is what bothered me. This is how I felt. And then give that person time to say, well, this is what I, this is why I did what I did because you didn't do that. Da, 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 da. Right. And then we're, we're not walking away from that table without saying, how do we resolve this issue? Yeah. And uh, Maria Montessori was basically, you know, living in a time when with Adolf Hitler and um, all of these other leaders that were trying to control the people, but they, they even were trying to brainwash the children. And she was just like, this is not what life should be about. And so she was always, you know, traveling around the world to try to um, incorporate peace education, even when she was able to come to the United States. I think it's amazing. And, and actually it's some, it's a method that we thought about for one of our kids, just because you know how, when you have kids that they thrive in one area and then Mm -hmm. they may not thrive as well in another area, they still understand it. They just don't thrive as well. But if you give them something that interests them in that area that they don't thrive well, like if you incorporate something that interests them, they do better. Right. So we knew that one of our kids had um, the ability, the capability to do well in all areas of education, but it just seemed like they weren't interested. So if they're not interested, why for for this child, particular child, it was like, why should I even put any effort? Like, I don't I'm not good at it because I'm bored like or I don't like it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we just we had to figure out a way to um, motivate them to want to do better. And we honestly looked at a Montessori school not far from us just to see, is this what he needs? Is this what she needs? Like we wanted the best. And sometimes what everybody else is doing is not always the best thing for you. And we know that in all all avenues of our lives. So I can tell um, when you, when you talk about it, that it's one of your passions and (laughs) you, you not only have passions for teaching um, in Montessori, but you're like a wordsmith. Because you do on your social media platforms a word of the week, a word of the week, and on your blog as well, right? Right. So do. you do this in ASL, right? Mm-hmm. Right. What? How, so, how did that start? So in my current blog for July, I really wanted to give people a better understanding of why I do my word of the week with American sign language. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, my mom, her voice would go out. And one particular day it it went out and I had no idea that she was even dealing with this. And even to this day, I don't know exactly what caused her voice to to go out, but she couldn't say anything. Mm -hmm. And you're going from being a child that is always asking questions and talking to your mom. And then now I can't even get her to say anything to me. And I don't know. I can't read lips that well. Um, so 
when she started signing, you know, these words to me, I just felt defeated. I, I wanted to know what my mom was saying. I wanted to know how to help her because I knew it was bothering her. Mm-hmm. And the backstory to all that is my mom would take these sign language classes at her job and she would let us, my brother and I, come and sit on the outside while she had this hour, it felt like two hours mm-hmm. of class time. But she just embraced the silence and she would share different things with us. And I loved it. And it just made me excited because it was almost like learning a new language. To me, it wasn't a hard thing to learn. It was like easy. Mm-hmm. Um, like Spanish is hard for me. Like there's just so many dynamics. Sound language is can be challenging as well because there's so many different dynamics. But there was something about sound language that I've always loved and it always intrigued me. And so um, I don't remember exactly what brought me to this place um, in 2021 to say, I'm going to do a word of the week every week mm-hmm. with ASL in there. But I do know that when I was teaching at the school that I worked for previously, we would have time right before we went to lunch where I was given the opportunity to teach the children something or to have a group time together. And we would sing songs and, you know, do rhyming uh, phrases together. And so I found this sign language book for children and I was like dissecting it day by day. Mm-hmm. And these children loved it. They were eager to know what's the next time we're going to do today. We worked through the people in the family, a mother, father, sister, brother, aunt, grandparents, you know, and then we worked with it through colors. Then we worked through days of the week and they were always so attentive Mm -hmm. to their lesson. So when I came, when I decided to homeschool my children, I was just like, how can I continue something that I know that the children love, but also work on something that I have a struggle with? One of the reasons why I do Word of the Week is because I'm trying to expand my vocabulary. Yeah. I I am a terrible speller. Terrible (laughs) speller. (laughs) Okay. Montessori education has helped me to learn um, things that I didn't learn as a child of letter rules like your vowel rules and how they work together and how they make these different sounds. And so as I'm teaching my, my, my children, even when I was in school and teaching, I was able to gain things that I didn't even know existed before. So in monetary education, it's not just the children are learning, you're learning with them yeah. because there's things that we've missed when you, that repetition is, is very true. And if you give yourself the, the time and ability to learn and continue to learn, you're going to gain some things that you may have not, that you may have missed before. Right. And so um, as I'm doing these word of the weeks, I'm learning a new vocabulary word. I'm learning how to spell it because not only do I have to spell it out loud, I have to spell it with my hands. I have to make sure that I am signing it correctly. And so, you know, the word of the week is basically not just a place for me to give to other people, but it's also I'm giving to myself. I'm giving to my children and it's just something fun to do. It's something that makes people smile. I get to throw in jokes here and there. Mm-hmm. I've actually enjoyed that a lot more about myself of being able to be my goofy personality in the public eye and me not being afraid to be in front of a camera. So I'm basically pushing myself outside of my comfort zone to say, hey, these are some of the things that I actually enjoy doing. And I want to be able to share it with people. And in, in doing that, I'm learning, you're learning, we're, we're laughing. 
And it just also reminds even the deaf community that there are people that want to know more about what their needs are and how to make them also feel comfortable in that. Um, I've gained a, a coach along the way who is an interpreter for the deaf community. Wow. And, you know, she has taught me a lot about the way that the deaf community could perceive me signing a certain gesture because it could be interpreted a totally different way. And I think that it was, it's just been a great dynamic of understanding and even relating it to how a, a, not a deaf person, how I communicate with just another person in general of how we misinterpret each other because we are not thinking about things from two each person's perspective and so that's the same thing in the deaf community if you're not looking at it from their perspective you could literally you could be you could be saying something and they're only hearing you say let you okay and they hear nothing else in between and so that's what led me to putting captions on my word of the week so that the deaf community if they're watching not only do they see me signing something but they're also able to read the rest of what I'm saying because I don't know how to sign that yet so they're getting a full understanding right and and I'm learning more through my podcast I have learned two different things about the ASL community because I had another guest on who is also involved in the ASL community and I learned that they had a volleyball league solely yes I heard (laughs) for the ASL and like you know me being an athlete I don't know why I didn't even think about it. And I have played with other individuals who may have had some sort of disability. Mm -hmm. Um, And we often see like the Paralympics or we see people that are athletes that have limbs that are missing or things like that. But Mm -hmm. I never thought about ASL community doing volleyball or other sports, but I'm sure Mm -hmm. their community is just like ours. Like it's just things you don't think about. So right. I have learned a lot and, and I watch your videos. I love them and I love words. So it not only like I use words that some people don't always use. So some of the things that you are um, teaching us, I love because it might be a word that I haven't thought about or I haven't used. And I teach my kids that way because I told mm-hmm. them from a very early age um, because, you know, children, they pick up things from people outside. So if they would right. come back home from school and they would use words and I'll be like, where'd you hear that from? Or do you know what that means? Or don't say that because they would say things and in the wrong context because they didn't know the meaning. Mm-hmm. So right. it was a rule in our house that number one, if you can't spell it and you don't know the definition, <laughs> you can't say it. So <laughs> that taught my children I better not say that if I don't know what it means. And it also taught them if I want to use that word, I need to look it up. And I then I need to know how to use it like in the right context before because right. I'm I'm still quick. I mean, they're 12 and 13, but I'm still quick to be like when I hear them say something different, what does that mean? And they'll say it. Not how do you spell it? And they have learned I need to know how to spell it. So it increases their <laughs> vocabulary, but it also increases their awareness of what what are you talking about? Like mm-hmm. what are you saying? So I love your word of the week because it does, it's dynamic. It has different aspects of growth that I feel like people can, can gain. So Thank you. you just do so I much. Wanna, I want to add this one piece in there is that, you know, I have a close family member who is deaf and they have hearing aids and I have watched the struggles that come with mm-hmm. 
being deaf and and people shying away from you because of this one thing. Mm-hmm. And in the deaf community, they basically don't have, sometimes they don't have two of the five senses that we have. Right. And so their their eyes are working harder. And um, even like, the, it's not only can they not sit, hear well, but sometimes they can't even speak well because they can't form the words the way that, you know, or they can't even make the sounds that, you know, people that speaking can hear, especially if they don't have hearing aids. And so it doesn't sound the same. Mm-hmm. And so they're having to use their hands and their eyes to articulate for their senses that aren't functioning to the way that they're you know, were built to function, you know? Right. And so uh, the other thing was you said that um, you asked your children, what does it mean? And how do you spell it? But um, one of the things as a teacher from that zero to six year old age, that is the vital time to be plugging words into your children's brain. Yep. That memory bank is going to be needed in the future. And so when I hear my three-year-old son, I mean, this is like at least four to five week, um, months later, he's saying ravenous, mm-hmm. ravenous. And mm-hmm. then, and I said, Caleb, what does that mean? And he says, very eating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm very, it's very hungry, but right, yes, right. you know, it relates to hunger. That's right. And you know, that it's an extreme. And then he starts singing that peanut butter jelly time. Yeah. Like he says, they Go get ahead. it. They get yeah. it. Like they absorb so. it. And that and that's when it started for, for us at our house. The kids were in like kindergarten or preschool even because they would hear other kids using words and they would just say them and not know. Right. And so, right. like you said, that time of their life, literally, when you hear the word or you hear the phrase, their brains are like sponges. It's right. the truth. I mean, we have right. to. But. We know in the faith, you instill in a child, like if we're teaching the cornerstone um, Bible verses and right. things to remember, the the Ten Commandments, like when we instill those things into them at an early age, like they'll remember it for the rest of their life. They may not know it word for word, but all it takes is one person to start a, um, a scripture and they right. it, it just clicks. Like, like you said with your son, he knows what it means. He may not use the exact words, but he knows exactly what he's trying to say. So it's important. And as mothers, as mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, aunts, everybody involved in a child's life, it is important that in everything you do, you're teaching them. Right. And it doesn't have to be in a lecture, but little things we do because they watch and they listen and they repeat and do everything that we do. So everything about you, I feel like is a teaching moment. Like I feel that that's just your passion. Like you don't even do it on purpose. You do it. Let me, <laughs> let me rewind. You do it on purpose, but unintentionally, you know what I'm saying? Right. So yes. that's, that's, that's something that I love about you. I, I love that you like to learn and that you like to teach. Um, so now that we've known, we've learned a little bit about you, we're going to do the five, which is as you are a listener to the show, you know, it yes. is like the rapid fire. I, I'm going to ask questions and you're going to give me the first thing that comes to your mind. I like to okay. do it because generally the first thought in your head is like an authentic thought. So it's really funny because we don't think about some of these questions that I'm going to ask you and how we do them over and over every day, or we, it's something that's part of us. So with this part of the show and this game, 
it kind of shows us more of who you are. So are you ready for this five minute quick fire question time? Let's go. Okay. Okay. So your timer is going to start in three, two, and one. Would you say that you are early or late? Early. Okay. Um, Do you like to fly or are you a driver? Ooh, fly? (laughs) Question mark? Yeah. (laughs) Why why the question mark? (laughs) Oh, that turbulence sometimes kicks me all the way down. Like, I I flew just uh, four different plane trips recently and it got me. I, I don't know. I don't like driving long distance either, but... Um, I'm gonna be the passenger in that seat versus <laughs> so uh, with the driver. Yeah. I would rather I would rather fly because I get there faster. <laughs> this is true. I, I totally get it. Um, are you an introvert or an extrovert? And I'm interested to hear this answer because I feel like I know it, but I may not. I feel like I'm an introvert, but I'm making myself be an extrovert. Like I, 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 I I'm constantly to myself and in my own head, and I'm forcing myself to you know give to other people. What what's inside of me? So, um, if I had to choose, sometimes I'd just be an introvert. But being that the the life that I'm living and who I live it with, mm-hmm. I have to, I have to be an extrovert. Yeah. For those in the back, um, her husband is an extreme <laughs> extrovert at all times. So, I mean, it kind of forces you to be like, you know, you an you an extrovert too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, are you a singer or a dancer? Oh, I I'm, I'm I'm both, but. I'm gonna sing. I'm gonna sing regardless of who's around. I might not dance regardless of who's around, but I'm gonna sing. <laughs> I'm gonna sing. A lipstick or eyeshadow girl? Eyeshadow. Oh, do you know most of the people that answer that question say lipstick? Really? Yeah, I'm not that bold on the lips. You just give me just enough, just enough to uh, give me some shine. I'm good to go. <laughs> I want to make sure my eyes right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and see, I try to do both, but eyeshadow is hard sometimes. So that's why I'm always like, you can't really mess up lipstick. <laughs> and if you do, you can just wipe it off. But if you mess up your eyeshadow, mm, you look crazy or you look beat up. And nobody wants yeah. to do that. Okay. So do you use words or emojis when you communicate? I'm all about my words. Do you like always. you like coffee or tea? Tea. Are you a cash girl or a card girl? I, I want to be all cash, honestly, but I don't get to the banking time, we get the cash out, so I end up being a car. But I'm, I, if I had to choose, I'm always be cash. You are like an old man. That's what you like. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you text or call? Uh, later in the life, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little in between. Um, depending on how serious it is, I will call, but if it's just something simple, I'm going to text. I feel like you're a FaceTimer because every time we talk, you be trying to FaceTime me and I'm not always ready. <laughs> but that's okay. Okay, we're going to move forward. <laughs> Do you like oatmeal or cereal? <laughs> cereal. Okay. I like cereal. So choose one, lyrics or instrumental? That's a hard one too. Um, but I am going to say lyrics. Okay. Um, I, can't, I can't listen to a song strictly for beat if the lyrics are wrong. So I'm always listening for lyrics first. Then I, you know, navigate to the beats. Yes, that's, I think that's important. Do you like fresh or frozen food? Um, I would say fresh. Okay. What's your favorite smell? Probably vanilla. Vanilla. Yeah. Do you? Would you take music, 
book or pen and paper with you somewhere? Mm. Probably pen and paper. Okay. Do you like to write with a pen or a pencil? Ooh, both. Um, both. I, I take pen because I won't. I won't erase. I always know what my thought was, and if I change it later, then I can always go back to it. So a pen. Okay. Yogurt or Jello? Neither. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. (laughs) When you write, do you highlight or you underline? Or reading too? Or what? Like when you're reading, you know how if you read something, do you highlight Uh, or underline? I'm a highlight. Okay, we got 29 seconds. Paper, plastic, or glass? Like when you're drinking cups. So like for a drinking cup. Glass. Glass. Paper plates or real plates, ma'am? Real plates. Peanut butter, almond butter, or Nutella? Almond butter. What's your favorite outfit? <laughs> 10 seconds. A romper. Um, what's your favorite dessert? Five seconds. Four. Almond M&M's. Three, two, and one. <laughs> almond M&M's? What in the world? <laughs> That's it. We done. See, that was five minutes. <laughs> And we ended on almond M&M's. Good gracious. I didn't even know they had almond M&M's. Oh. I don't even like peanut M&M's. Well, I'm allergic to peanuts. So when I discovered that there was such thing as an almond M&M, I was like, that's what I need in my life. (laughs) And so um, I tried constantly to avoid them Mm -hmm. at all costs because they can be uh, a crutch in my life so yes. I am very I've kind of diverted to um, almond Snickers oh well girl I was about to say have you tried an almond Snickers because that thing <laughs> is so good like I don't eat a lot of candy bars but when I do and I like Snickers but when they came out with the almond Snickers I was like oh thank you yeah. Jesus it's good I feel like it tastes it's different just enough. Yeah, it's just enough to satisfy my urge for chocolate and almonds mm-hmm. um, to not make me sick and I'm just sitting there eating, you know. Yeah. Um, but I love crunchy stuff. So that's why I kind of like almonds, even though that's the only, you know, kind of nut that I can eat. But um, it is it really makes me happy when I can crunch on something. So I would rather get me a snicker almond, um, an almond snicker sometimes. So. I love it. I love it. Okay. So I always ask all my guests to complete this kind of questionnaire because literally my show is all about real life and the people that I'm connected to, or I've had some type of connection and learning more about them because I feel like your story is important. So I always ask everybody these questions. There's five questions. And the first one I always ask is tell me something you can teach in five minutes. I can teach people how to sign the days of the week in five language. minutes in five minutes it's it's just that easy i feel like you, you need do to do a it. youtube you think i need to do youtube i do i feel like i i want you to do a youtube and so i can connect it to this because i want to know how to do the days of the week and i can do it in other languages except asl okay or you I, can send can me a that. video and like te- but i feel like everybody wants to know how to do that so I, can do that. I challenge you to do a YouTube, a video, <laughs> put it on your blog, put it on your social media. 
like a little quick because that's five minutes that won't take long nope not at all i love it okay so y'all heard it um we're gonna learn <laughs> the five days of the week um by miss janae in ASM. seven days oh seven days yeah. not five days because there are seven days oh lord yes um monday sunday through saturday correct yes ma'am okay yes ma'am okay good all right then and I also like to know what's something that you want other people to know about you, but nobody ever asked. So I hope I don't mess this up trying to articulate it, but I love music. I would love for people to ask me, man, why do you dance so much? Why do you sing so much? Why do you beat on the tables or your legs all the time? Mm-hmm. Because I love the bass in music. Yeah. I love um Big boy in Outcast, from Outcast, he said, um, it's one particular phrase in the, the uh, song, and he says, um, the trunk rattling like two midges in the back seat wrestling sounds like aluminum cans in a bag. Like when I was growing up, <laughs> you know, I was, I was thinking about that song, up. right? Before you even said that, <laughs> before you, when you said bass, I immediately thought, now I know y'all want that baby. I like the way, because that's immediately what comes to my mind when I think about bass. Yes. When I was growing up, um, my biological dad had always had speakers in his car. Mm-hmm. I don't call them speakers. I call them knockers because, I mean, your whole windows is just you know, bumping when he would be driving down the road, I'm in my house. And as soon as I feel my, my window or my bed shaking, I know he's coming, <laughs> but it's something about that vibration yeah. that does something to me. And I love beats. I love the creativity of music. Yeah. I love how certain um, sounds are in- injected inside of, um, of a song that is totally unexpected. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, that's a nice beat right there. Like, I just, I'm constantly knocking on stuff. And my husband just laughs at me because he was just like, you don't even look like you would be somebody that would, you know, drive around with speakers in your car. I was like, but you know what? I would just because I just love the way that it sounds and it makes you feel, it brings you into the music and you just can't get out. But that's why I say that I would choose lyrics over music Uh or instrumental because if I know that the words are right, it's going to make me sing harder. It's going to make me dance harder. It's going to make me keep that thing on repeat because it just makes me happy. Those are, that's just something that makes me happy. So I, I would definitely, that's something that I would ask that I would love for people to ask me more about um, that I would definitely share that with. Well, come on in, um, bass lady. Okay. So I, I feel like you would appreciate if you ever get a chance and one day I'm going to send it to you. Just, just my, um, intro music, like my music, uh-huh. there's a beat drop. Um, my music was created by King drums. It was, um, his name is Titus and he is an amazing producer. And when he mm-hmm. sent this to me, I had sent him like things that I liked. Um, and he kind of, he captured everything that I liked, whether it was, um, the strings from the, like the guitars and just the lyrics or the, the voicings of the person singing, but there's uh-huh. a beat drop in it when it transitions and it just goes like, and it makes me so happy. <laughs> I mean, I get like, I could just listen to it. I could just listen to it. Just that part. Like, it's like, Oh, the beat is dropping. And I even have my kids and they're like, yeah, that's nice mama. So <laughs> We like beats too. Like we just like, but you know, we're a musical family. So 
That's yeah. important. Um, and, and I wouldn't have known it about you, but you tell Josh, how is a person supposed to be looking that has <laughs> speakers in there? You know what I mean? Like, what does that mean? How do I supposed to look if I like beat, you know, the, the bass? Like, he, he doesn't hear music the same. You know, when you grow up on music, you hear it differently. You and, do. Um, so he, he didn't he didn't grow up on music the way that I did. So it, it kind of it took took him back when I would say I would you know when I was in college I used to ride around and the guy dated his car and he had speakers and I would just pump it up loud. So they thought you know on campus that that I was him. Yeah. And then when I wind the window down, they'd be like, Oh, you're not who that is. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, but I loved I loved it too. Like I enjoy yeah. the bass. I love it. I love it. Well, good. That's another way we're connected because I'm all about the base. Okay. <laughs> so tell me <laughs> something you feel that inspires you. That's it's real easy. Love inspires me. Yeah. Um, I grew up in a home where it was like really hard to know the true definition of love. Mm-hmm. Like I thought love was rough and love was uh, mean, but my mom always bought me like necklaces with hearts on them or she bought me rings with hearts on them. My lamp, when I grew up, it had hearts on it. Mm-hmm. So she constantly kept imagery around that had symbols of love on it. Yeah. And so as I continued to grow, I learned that being able to find the good in everyone mm-hmm. and to love that, but also to love people through their mistakes, failures, and disappointments. Those are things that I strive to do constantly because I know I'm not perfect. I'm going to hurt people along the way. I'm going to um, do things that disappoints people. But at the same time, it's something about love that makes me forgive a lot faster than a typical person Mm -hmm. who didn't grow up in a setting where love was still put in their face Mm -hmm. constantly. Um, because my mom would always tell us when we were growing up, she said, I don't want you to go through what I went through. So I need you to know what love is. Yeah. And sometimes even if she couldn't articulate it or show us without her feeling a certain way, she would always place us around people that didn't have those limitations on them. And so we were exposed to a lot of different people and a lot of different environments where the love was just poured on us. Mm-hmm. And it was just for us to be able to open up our hearts and our minds to receive that love and to begin to see what that love looked like. And um, I know even with with Christ, that's kind of where it started for me. Of mm-hmm. You know, even though I lived in, in an abusive home when I was growing up, it was God's love that kept surrounding me and kept reminding me. You know, I never got in a physical fight altercation with a female before, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it was because I knew how to come home and bring my emotions there and still be able to go out in the world and still treat people like they're somebody and to love them in spite of how they treat me yeah. and to not have ill will on people. And so I am very much inspired by love. And uh, even to this day, I still wear my hearts. I still um, I still keep those things close to me because it matters. Yeah. Even the, through the tough times, it's something that I never want to escape my mind is that you have to love people even when they hurt you. Right. And it may not be easy. It may look different for everybody. It may not be what people think that you're trying to do. But at the end of the day, you have to know your motives. And love drives me. It's what I was born to do. It's what my mom raised me to be. 
and it looks it, it looks different and sometimes love is hard it, it is hard sometimes, yeah. sometimes love doesn't doesn't come off in just um just uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for it's just not pretty all the time mm-hmm. but it but it also has an in, a, intention of how God says that um even though this situation may be bad, I'm going to use it for your good. Yeah. This is my way of showing you my love and my comfort through this thing. But it didn't feel good going through it. And I know that. But it's going to make you a better person. And so that's what I that's how I feel about love. It just it just pushes you to another dynamic um, when you really take on what that means and, and really press into love on a deeper level. And see, as you were talking, like. And you're a mother now. So you totally, I I know you can probably relate to this even more. Your mother gave you what she knew that she may not have been able, she didn't possess at all times, but she constantly reinforced that everywhere you go. Like she intentionally placed you in places where you would receive things that you may not get all the time. And she knew that like she was able to, um, understand her limitation or the limitations that you guys had surrounding you. And that's what mamas do. That's what, and I, I love how God places that nurturing part of our hearts because women, I feel like women really do have more of that than, than Mm -hmm. men a lot of times. But I love how your mama even, because I see myself doing that sometimes with my kids, not necessarily in anything, like the things that we lack, we, we, we kind of make sure I might not be able to give it to you but I'm going to put you in the atmosphere to receive it. Mm-hmm. And that's how right. God is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He can give us all things, but he always makes sure that we have the opportunity to be in the atmosphere to receive a blessing. Right. Right. So I love Definitely that. Definitely true. I love mm-hmm. it. So would, what would you say? Like, do you feel like the little girl you were would look up to the woman you are? I definitely do. I I definitely do. And I actually had to answer this question to myself when I was in college because mm-hmm. we had a art project where we had to draw something. And I decided to draw a picture of myself as a four-year-old and versus a picture of myself as a, I don't know, I might have been 21 or something. Mm-hmm. I might have been 19. I don't know. And I basically... um broke a, a window, um, a mirror glass and the, the little five year, the four year old was in that mirror glass. And so the mirror glass was shattering because for so long I was stuck in the mindset of how I was hurt as a four year old. Mm-hmm. And I never graduated, you know, mentally to no longer being a victim. I, I was still there. I, and I wanted to live. I wanted to thrive. And at whatever age I was, when I drew the picture, I was just like, I'm not going to be stuck here at four years old yeah. mentally anymore, you know? And so um, where I am now, I'm just like, wow, I didn't realize that who I was at five, at four would shape this person that I am today. Like, the things that I was doing as a four-year-old, the things I'm still doing now, but I'm doing it in a greater capacity and I'm doing it so authentically mm-hmm. that it's just like, wow. Yeah. So I think the, the, the five-year-old me would be just excited and, and proud of the fact that I'm a fighter, that I didn't let these battles defeat me along this journey of life because from the family that I come out of, you know, this, my life could be a whole lot different. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I could yeah. be, I could, 
I could be a whole different person, but the father in me said, no, I'm going to let love surround me and I'm going to push through this thing. And so, you know, I have, I'm a well-rounded person. So I, I like, I'm, I feel like I'm a jack of many trades. You teach me how to do it. I'm going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. You, you, you show me how to do this particular thing. Well, there's one thing that I know I can't do and it's, it might make you laugh, but I cannot like twirl on a pole. Like if, if, if you used to go to like a pole class. I can't do that at all. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so you went to a pole class or you tried to do I this at the did. house? I know. No. Huh? I know. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, I um, we, we took um, someone to a, had a, a bachelorette party <laughs> or a bachelorette uh, outing and we went to take a pole class. Oh, and wow. I'm just like, I've been working out all this time. And I can't even get my leg to wrap around the pole. I go like, I just, it's just bad. So I can't do that. That's something I can't do. That takes a whole lot of practice. But I, so. The pole class. Lord, how much? <laughs>